Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I am so happy to see everybody here today. And you all have seen me several times today because there's a lot happening in our community. And uh, the man of the hour, the man that we all love to hear from and talk to is Dr. Claude Anderson. Dr. Anderson is the author of the books Powernomics, Black Labor, Right, White Wealth, the Black History Reader, and Dirty Little Secrets 1 and 2. And before I begin, I hope you, as you come through, will greet Dr. Anderson, give him a, a, a big black hello. And uh, Dr. Anderson, I'd like to ask you, how are you doing today, my friend? Oh, I'm doing pretty well for a poor, poor black man. <clears throat> for a poor black man. <laughs> yeah. well, you, well, you, well, you look good. You look great. It's so great to see you. And uh, everybody come in. Let Dr. Anderson know how much you love him and put your hashtag B1 in the chat. B1 means we are black first. Uh, we put ourselves at the top of the priority list. Uh, we're going to solve our own problems. We're not waiting for Superman. And we're not here to save the world. Also, our children are going to be ahead of other people's children because we are going to prepare them for the future. So give me a B1 if you agree. Let me know if you are preparing your kids and preparing your loved ones so that we can own the future. All right. So, uh, Wait, we can- you know, what uh, I said, uh, uh, just a poor man was because I'm, I'm saying to myself now, I could have been a rich man if I had played my cards correctly. You know, way back in the old days, see, white folks made me as kind of offers that people like Armstrong Williams and and this guy, I can't think of the guy just that uh, uh, that Amazon just gave him a hundred million dollars. What was his name? Oh, Van, Van Jones. Van Jones. Van Jones. Yeah, see, and uh, for, for probably doing but nothing. But I said, I said, hell, if I'd have, if I'd have played my cards right, I could have done it. They made me two offers to say, look, you know, times you play your cards right. You will never have to work another day in your life. We'll take care of you. I said, really, truly? And they said, yeah. I said, what do you mean you play my cards right? They said, all you got to do is stay away from racial matters. Now, they told me that in Texas and also in Florida, some of the richest people in, this, in that time when I was over education for the state of Florida. And I said, I'm, I'm going to run home and tell my wife, baby, we got it made. I said, I'm going to play my, I'm going to keep my hand over my mouth and never talk about racial issues again. And I can be a rich man. I won't have to tell boys that I'm a poor man anymore. And so I went on told her that. And she says, well, I don't think you're going to make it. I said, I know you. You won't make it. I said, yes, I am. Just watch me. I said, I'm going to you'll never hear a word about race come out of my mouth for the next six months or six years. And then about, <laughs> <laughs> about, about two or three days later, they invited me. They were, they were beating black folks up in, uh, over in West, in West Florida for that time about raising the uh, Confederate flag in the schools and playing Dixie every morning in the, in the, in the mixed schools, the integrated schools. And black folks didn't want the black kids didn't want to hear Dixie, and they didn't want to uh, see the see the that Confederate flag being raised in the school over the school every day, and so we were having race riots in the school. So, and the governor asked me, so you know how to, how do how do we end that end that uh that, that these racial issues over that and, and coming springing from integration in Florida? I said, do two things. We have our next our next um, cabinet meeting. I said, you tell them on on, t- on television. That you thank you thank the, the the whites out in the West Florida for for race for you know g- generating these race riots because oh no over the Confederate flag and over playing Dixie because and and, uh, and you recommend that first of all they have to understand and be and be thankful that a black man wrote Dixie is it was up up in, uh, and he was, he was a black he was a black man from a family from in, I think from Indiana he wrote Dixie and white folks just took it and 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 renamed it. And, and republished it under their name. The other thing was uh, about the Confederate flag. As you tell them, and, and, that they were known as the first terrorists in America. 
And if they keep raising that, I said the whole country going to find out about it. And you're going to lose a lot of your political support in West Florida. And so and uh, and so the next day he told mentioned that. And boy, those whites immediately quit riding in West Florida and trying to beat blacks up, you know, dismiss white kids early in the day and then hope, save black folk until about two thirty or three o'clock in the day. Then deputize whites to beat them with sticks when they came out of the school system. It was bad in those days, though. That was back in the early 70s and late mm. 60s. Well, well, let me ask you this, Dr. Anderson. Um, uh, I, I want to ask you, uh, <clears throat> have you been following uh, any of the situation going on uh, with, with at the border right now? Uh, right now, there's a, a group of thousands of Haitians that have arrived on the border, and a lot of people are very upset because there's a lot of really disturbing imagery. And I'm going to show you some of these images uh, because I'd like to get your take because I know that you have, you're very vocal about immigration policy and how that has uh, not always been helpful to black folk. So uh, here's some Im- images of on the border. This is an image of um, uh, that really got a lot of people's attention, upset a lot of people where you got a border agent on horseback who's grabbing the black man and, and lassoing him like a, like, like cattle. And uh, and here you got uh, a lot of refugees, or, or, or as a the media calls them, refugees on the on the border. Uh, and so you've got a real crisis here. And a lot of people have felt that there is a discrimination where uh, you take somebody from Afghanistan who looks closer to white, and uh, they they have wide open borders for people from Afghanistan. Uh, but then you have people from Haiti, thousands of them that are darker that are trying to get into the states, and they were sending them back home. Uh, I'd like to I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on this, because just last night in the book club, when we were reading your book, Black Labor, White Wealth, you actually talked about the differences in immigration policies. And it seemed to me that you were saying in in your book that uh, that the lighter your skin is historically, the more likely the U.S. government has been to let you into the country. Can you speak on that? Well, you're you're, you're right on 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 the head of the nail, as usual, Dr. Watkins. And um, and I'll speak to that point. Is that uh? But the question is though, what are black folk prepared to do? That's the real question that should come up. What are they prepared to do if they're going to perform as the normal normal way of performing as black people in America? They aren't going to do anything except do whatever people like uh, Obama, President Obama would, would would suggest to him. Put on your marching shoes, hit the street, start marching and singing, and that's that's been the answer now ever since all the way back since the 1850s when uh when um. Um, what, what was the guy's name? Down, uh, very popular in history. What's the name? Um, not Benjamin Franklin. What's his name? Name Which one? Give give me describe him. What do you do? You know, yeah, we always talk about. We always talk about you. You, uh, you got to have. Uh, you can't have. You know, you got to. You got to have rain if you're going to grow. Grow. What's his name? Um, uh, Link, Lincoln Jackson. Uh, no, no, that's just a black guy. Black. Black. Oh, black guy, Frederick Douglass. That's that right. So okay. See now, see Fraglet, Fraglet, Frederick Douglass. That that was the one started all this thing about marching, and that's why. And everybody gives credit to uh, to the uh, to the guy, the Pakistanian guy. Uh, you know what's his name? Now I can't think of his name. See right now, as I get older, I can't remember names anymore. And uh, he started this thing about you know about nonviolence that Martin Luther King picked up. And that oh, didn't, my Gandhi. Uh, Martin Luther King got that from Gandhi. That's right, from Gandhi. He got it. See, uh, and uh, but Gandhi. But guess who Gandhi got it from? Who who's the, who's the person you just told me name? Uh, the Frederick Douglass. 
Frederick Douglass. See, Frederick Douglass started that, that non that non-violence marching stuff way back in about 18, 1850s, when the white women were starting the same thing as in 1840s about women's issues, about a right to vote. And uh, at that time, the Congress was working on trying to come up with a with a second constitution. And they're going to put they're going to, in this second constitution as is what black folks should be focusing on. Nobody, they don't understand it. And if they don't connect the dots, it's a waste of time. And, and to express a lot of emotionalism and, 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 and despair over somebody, how they're treating the Haitians, and uh, uh, it is a waste of time unless you understand the issues. Do they understand why they're tr- mistreating the Haitians? Do they understand that? And it's more than color. And, and I'm, I'm saying, I know you don't. I'm not, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you're, about, you're one of the brightest black men I know. So and so, but, but there's a reason why they treat Haitians like that. But see, and that's why I put all this stuff in my books, trying to hopefully get black folks to read, read and understand. Because I reached a point now, like I said, this might be my last year. I'm too old to keep telling black folk the same thing over and over and over again. And uh, there's a reason why they hate Haitians. And this, and uh, and, and 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 there's a solution, which I could tell them how to how to beat it. But the United States got little black folks in Haiti locked and blocked, where they can't get out. They can beat it. There's a way to beat it. But again, and but let me go back and and, and go back. I got to talk about history if you want to understand this fully, okay? And I hate to always get on your show and just run my mouth for an hour and then and, and and ignore the smartest man I know on the other side of this camera. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I I failed history class. So uh, you are. We we need this. Tell them, y'all. Tell them we need this black history because because we didn't learn this in school. You, you are the teacher. You you are the public school system right now. So everybody, let, let Dr. Anson know we need this. Please, go ahead. I will zip it up, and I am all ears. Please, go ahead. You know, I, you know, I don't believe that you failed any history class. Oh, I, Dr. Anson, I failed everything in school. I I, 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 did, I did terrible in public schools. I, I was not a fit. But, uh, but, but it's because the education didn't reflect me. There was nothing in school that I connected to. And so, uh, you know, but, but, I, but when I'm listening to you, I can listen for hours. I, I want everybody to know I've li- sat here and listened to Dr. Anderson speak for hours at a time, and I listened the entire time. Uh, and I, I'll just say this, and I'm, I want you to take over. But but when I met, when I sat down with you for the first time, I remember that th- that time when you did the event in Chicago, and me, you, and uh, my manager at the time went out to dinner in downtown Chicago, and the whole three four hours you you were talking about black folks and laying out history, and I just. I just listen, you know, and and the only other the other time I can remember doing that is when I sat down with Minister Louis Farrakhan. Uh, when, when you talk to people like yourself or at that stature, uh, you know, you just you you know you're supposed to listen, you know, because because this is the the knowledge that we didn't get when we were young. This is also the knowledge that we are responsible for carrying forward. So I want everybody, uh, everybody type in the chat, uh, shut up and listen. We're going to shut up and listen. So I'm going to shut up and listen, Dr. Anson. Please go ahead and take as long well, as you need. Well, see, and I think to understand is you, the people, black folk have to start doing one thing I've always wanted them to do, which they, which they refuse to do, and that's called connect the dots. You know, for dot one, what was the status of black folks? If you start out, it's called critical analysis. It started a dot and, and you follow the dots to where you are today. Start where, 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 where something originated and follow to, to the present time. And you, if you analyze those dots, then you can analyze the answers will pop right into your head, the solutions that you should be addressing. Now, with black people, for instance, the, the, the dots started with the first constitution. 
And I've told black folk this, Dr. Watkins, but not I have never heard one black folk understand that when I said there's two constitutions. They have, they have no idea that, that when Martin Luther King and the rest of them march up to the hill, they walk downtown and go up to Constitutional Hall and look at this big, big the Constitution written there. We the people. That's what it started out. We the people. And then, and they never say we the people. That, that doesn't include black folk. Black folk were defined as, as three-fifths of a human being. They weren't defined as people. They were three-fifths of him and treated as animals. As And they were told that they were equal to a field animal and that they were indebted and bonded. And therefore, they would, that giving them an education was a waste of time. So they passed laws saying you cannot, it's against the law to educate a slave to read and write. If you get caught doing it, it'll cost you $100, cost you a $100 fine and 39 lashes with a whip with metal on the end of the whip. If you be caught teaching a black man to read because he's stupid. And if he's not stupid, when we first bring him into the United States, we're going to guarantee we make him stupid. So, so if, and throughout the future of America, everybody will understand why blacks don't understand things. It, we, 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 we're giving them gratuitous ignorance. Every generation will be, be subjected to gratuitous ignorance. We're going to impose it on them, make sure that they never sh- demonstrate any intelligence and any sensitivity or critical analysis and be able to, to critically examine issues. And so, so, so they started out with, with the first thing was the, was the Constitution, I told you. That was that originated and signed off on in 1789. That was the first constitution. The first constitution is, uh, uh, was was Amendment One through Twelve. That is a white constitution, and that constitution constitutes the first, the nation's first affirmative action plan. Now, why would a black person go to court and march all around the country and go go for, all throughout the South, march and talk about? We got rights. You don't have no rights. There's no place in the 12 amendments that gives black folks rights. I've told them that over and over again. They don't have any rights. Your only right is to do what, you, what, what you've been told to do. And then the whites have the right to kill you if they want to. And they even take out, they got insurance companies that started up, up in the Boston area and around up in the Northeast. that says, we will insure you if you kill him accidentally or if you kill him on purpose. We will guarantee you we'll pay you for for having killed a black person. And I tell black people, don't you know that people that, that whites were getting paid to kill you if they wanted to or to beat you as long as they wanted? They didn't lose any money. And basically, they set up a whole thing quantifying what your value was. And that's in the 12th, one, 12th, first one through 12 amendments, period. Now, watch this now. And then it says that you have no rights. Now, based on that, that's what the Dred Scott decision was saying in 1857, Dr. Watkins. And I want you to be conjuring up some questions for me as soon as I finish this. It said in 1857, if 1857 remarks by Taney's court, Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court was put in position to be able to be the guardian, the guardian, the safeguarder of racism in America. It's the guardian. That's its prime sole purpose is to, promote, is, is to maintain racism in America. And I'm just amazed that blacks always try, we're going to go to Supreme Court. For what? The Supreme Court is locked in box. They got it locked in box on you. And as long as you follow what they put out in laws, that's why, that's why, you, that's why you can't get blacks appointed to the Supreme Court. I said, don't they look at the dots? You got after, after 465 years, you've had how many blacks appointed to the Supreme Court? Oh, Two, okay. 
See, you appointed two to the Supreme Court. And so consequently, what that says is that is that and, and, and out of that, one was appointed that worked in uh, that uh, was involved in establishing a, an approval for the 1954 desegregation decision. And that wasn't a positive thing for black folk. That was a negative. The 1954 desegregation decision wasn't a positive for black folk. That, that, that whole thing was gifted and talented to make sure you stayed locked in box. That the whole issue should have never been desegregation. We're not black folk weren't concerned about social integration. White folks conjured that up to make sure black folks never got anything in the society. And the, what black folk was, were upset about down in McClendon, South Carolina, where they filed a Supreme Court uh, petition, they were talking about we, what we want is equals access and control of the resources going into schools. We want our share of the resources. We, we weren't against black schools. But that, 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 all that, all that anti-blackness came out of NAACP Executive Committee, which is made up of Jewish lawyers, white lawyers. They conjured that up and says, let's change, change your, your, your interests from what you're looking for. Let's call it, let, let's, you want desegregation, which means you want to you have the same amount of resources that whites have. And, that, and as we said, yes. We said yes, because in South, white folk rode on buses every day. They weren't against buses. They started this whole big game playing about we're anti-busing. Nobody was anti-busing. White kids rode to school every day on buses, Dr. Watkins. And they would go by the black kids, try either spitting on them, I try to spit on them out of the windows, or throwing trash out of the window at black folk. Black kids going to school. Black kids walk miles every day, every morning, rain, sleet, snow, shine, or mud. They walked all the way to school, and that was miles. I guess in my, in, in my elementary school, our school was something like about a two, about three or four miles just to get, get, get to school in the snow and rain, sliding up and down the hills in the mud. That we were we weren't because we would have loved to have had buses to take us to school, but so when they filed that law school law that lawsuit, what they were saying is we want equal sharing of the resources. But see, white folks kicked that out and says, well, now we ain't gonna go for that. We're not gonna go for that. What we're gonna do now is that uh, uh why, why you want equal access to resources? Because in the South, whites would get whites would, teachers were getting paid twelve dollars. $12 per, t- per, per child to go to school for white children. Blacks, black schools were getting something like $1.75 or less than $2. So they were underfunded, underfunded. All the money was going into the white schools. In the white schools, guess what? They had, they, they got, they had all kind of hairdressing machines and clean and, and all kind of paper and hands and towels and everything else you can name in the school. Black kids didn't even have writing paper, not alone towels and paper and, and, and sanitary napkins in the in the uh, in the restrooms, they didn't have any of those things. Half time, the windows were knocked out. They had rags stuck in the glass. Where when when a ball went through the window, they stuck a rug rag in it. We go out, walk past the white schools. The white schools had swimming pools. Every one of them had a swimming pool. Black folk, we didn't have the swimming pools. What we had was we dammed up the creek every year in the summertime so we could swim in the creek, not in in, in the swimming pool. And then, and the first day of school, like right now, in, in, in September, when you went to school in the South, you spent the first week not studying, not reading, not writing, Dr. Watkins, but having big, thick uh, gum racers about the size of this, like this, scrubbing the, scrubbing the books, getting the fingerprints off and the grease and oil and, and, and surplus food stuck on it. 
and and taping tape and taping up the pages in the books. Then so that when whites that that's you know where, the, where those books came from? They came from the white schools. White kids got their new books every year. Black kids got the old books that had to be repaired and fixed up so they can give them to the black to the black kids in the black schools. We got all the old equipment. We got all the old equipment and everything else. Where they had tennis courts, we had just two poles with a wire running from one pole to the next. There were no nets or anything on it. And so black, that's what the black people wanted in the South in the 1948-1949. They did not want social integration. That's why my books, the power numbers, that's why I want to write these books and keep them going. Because we weren't looking for it to get along with whites. We love going together with our own people. But guess who came up with this stuff? The NAACP came up with this thing about the doll study. But that the black kids, they don't want to go with they, they, they hate the black doll. So we can't let black kids go to school with kids look that might be a black doll in a classroom. So they can't be with their own kids. We got to. That a black, there's no way, this is what they said in the desegregation decision, there's no way that a black child could be ever, ever educated equal to a white child just as long as they're not sitting beside a white child. Now, see, I consider that to be an insult to tell me that a black child cannot be educated unless he's sitting next to a white kid. That's why the governor put me over education with the state of Florida and said, Claude, you do what's right. Mm. I said, I'm not gonna play that stupid game with all these black people talking about we gotta have social integration. Black kids can't learn unless they sit next to a damn white child, and you ain't giving them no damn resources or anything. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I, I haven't gotten to my point yet, but go ahead though. Well, well, let me let me ask you: uh, when you talk about that history of you know the treatment of black people and blacks being seen as inferior, right? We so we know this, right? We know that in America, integration was a failed policy. Uh, we also know that in America, blackness was seen as inferior. Um, you know, I, I guess I'm trying to figure I, I, you know, when I was at, uh, asking the question in the beginning, I was thinking about what you said about Im- immigration, right? A, a Haitian black person. It, is, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm coming to that. I'm coming oh, well, to that well, point. Yeah, I'd be I'm, curious to know. So because it seems because I know a lot of people are very upset about what appears to be a differential in the way even immigrants are treated based on their skin color. I'd be curious well, okay. to know about that. So, now, now, I told you how they set up the first constitution, right? They're strictly as an affirmative action plan for whites, period. European whites. Now, the next year, that was in, in 1789. The next year, in 1790, in 1791, Dr. Dr. Watkins, they then passed the first. Congress came into, came into a session then for the first time in the history of this nation. They, and they passed the first law. They passed the first law that they passed was that this is a this is a white nation, is a white nation, and the only people that will be admitted into this country has to have be able to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that they basically have white blood, and they, and then for and this is a national that's a that's a national nationalization policy and the immigration policy that is still in existence, and if blacks haven't connected the dots. And they said, well, how are they going to correct it with Africa, with Haitians? But well, you haven't corrected that. And from that point on, then they, they, they modified it. They modified it later on and says, well, uh, we will late, late on after, after they conquered, got, conquered all the land and, and received grants for all the land. Then all of a sudden they said, well, now we can bring some other people in here. And so they started. So like when the Civil War started, you only had about 4,000 uh, Mexicans 
for Hispanics in the entire United States, Dr. Watkins. You only had 4,000 of them. We know, we know Hispanics in the United States before, eight, before the Civil War. You had, you had a few, few Spaniards who received, they had patents on, a, on some acreage that came from Spain, when, and that came, from, that came way back in the 14 and 1500s, period. But they didn't have no Hispanics in the United States. Those Hispanics didn't even exist. You had some Latinos down there, and the first Latinos, the first Mexicans in the, in the, country, in, in the, in the North American hemisphere, the first one were black people. The first woman was a slave of the, of, 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 of the man that, that got notoriety for bringing blacks into the United States, into Mexico, to look for gold, diamonds, silver, anything for the, for the Vatican. And he, he married this black woman. And so the first children in the United States were black children in Mexico. They were black. And the first president of Mexico was, was a black man named uh, Vicente Guerrero. Vicente Guerrero. He was the first president of Mexico. And period. And he came, he, and when, as president, he passed a law saying you cannot bring any slaves onto this property because he had been a slave. But he became the first president of Mexico. Blacks don't know that. Schools don't teach him that. But the first, Mex- the first uh, president of Mexico was a black man, Vicente Correo. And so when he get, when they came in, he then passed a law. Then guess what happened? Here come all these whites now out across the Mississippi River when they, and, and, and this last 1860 uh, land rush. And they went out there also want to bring slaves over into, um, over into uh, Texas. And 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 uh, and he says you can't. Texas belonged to Mexico, and you can't bring those people here. And so that so based on that, they brought that. That's where the Alamo came on the big fight. So I'm gonna stop right on that point and go back to, to to make my point on Africa now to show you they began to move forward. Now began to keep black folk contained. They want to spread racism in the country using this that that, that second the first. Can you hear me? Yeah, I sure can. I sure can. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Okay. Uh, everybody, as, as Dr. Anderson gets uh, reset, can you hit the thumbs up? Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button right now. Uh, thumbs up. Also, Dr. Anderson's website, where you can get all of his books, uh, is at powernomics.com. That's powernomics.com. The URL's on the screen. <clears throat> so everybody go check it out. Uh, uh, Dr. Anderson, you you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready because I got. I can't waste any of my time now. I got to get to this stuff because I still haven't gotten to your question, to the answer to your question. That's okay. Take your time. Go ahead. <laughs> but I got into I got into the second point, which is that this country was set up for whites. That was the first affirmative action, which was the, the first constitution, was the first affirmative action plan in the country. And the first thing they did was establish a nationalization of immigration law. It says the only people who come to this country got to be of white descent. And so at that point in time, there were no his, there were no nobody here but but the Indians and black people and the, and the European colonists, colonies and uh, colonists, and they were they were all happy with that. But now what happened was that that later on, uh, they uh, that that was about 1790. Now watch this now, 1790. Guess what happened four years later? Four years later, they uh, uh, <clears throat> down in a uh, down in Haiti, a guy named uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, what's his name? I'm having a hard time with names out there. Oh, what's uh, it, uh, uh, huh? Toussaint Louverture? 
Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, uh, what's his name again? Toussaint Louverture, or yeah, yeah, he was the one that, that created the the the, the 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 war down in down in Haiti. Uh, it was a Napoleon, not Napoleon. Uh, uh, Overture. What was his name? Now, Overture. Uh, Toussaint Louverture. Uh, what was it? Uh, Toussaint. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to struggle. Toussaint Over- Overture. That's what. It, since Tucson, then he got up, he got itchy and said, "I'm gonna, we're gonna break this up," and so he, and that was in night, and that was in 1995. Now, so guess what he did? Then he he started that. He said, "We're gonna stop a fight." He says, "You in this country, and uh, it was being controlled pretty much by that time with by Spanish and the French," and he broke free. He broke free then, and he had, and, he, and organized all those blacks down in Haiti, and they went after Napoleon. That time, at that time, the reason it's important because most of the land now between the, between the Atlantic Ocean and Mississippi River was owned by France. See, people don't know that France owned owned most of that land at that point in time. But but and 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 uh, and they and they had a war with the with with, uh, with the British, and so and, and and as they took it from the British, and, and France had it. So what? So uh, when Napoleon there was planning on holding on to that land. If he couldn't hold on that land, he said, we'll hold on all the land west of the, of the Mississippi River all the way to the Pacific Ocean. We'll hold on to that land. But Tucson beat the hell out of him. And when Tucson took those little few slaves he had, armed them all with, 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 with machetes and everything else, and they beat the hell out of the French. They beat the hell out of the French. And right before that, they'd already beaten the, beaten the British and ran the British out of, out of, out of, out of, uh, out of Haiti. They they beat the hell out and ran them out. Then when when the France took over, then Tucson beat the hell out of out of, out of um, Napoleon's army. And when when they, and see and and the French was expecting was expecting um, was expecting to hold on to all the land west of the Mississippi from the Mississippi River to the Pacific. They wanted to keep all that land, even though they had lost lost the first part of it from the, from the East Coast to the Mississippi River. They lost that to the British. And, but they were going to hold on to the rest of it so they can maintain major land in this in the, in the western hemisphere. But then, but but after after, after uh, Tucson beat the hell out of Napoleon, then the, then, then the French says we can't we don't have any money we can't fight you all and say so we'll sell you all the land from the from the Mississippi River to the Pacific Ocean and I'll sell it to you for five cents an acre. That's how that's how the Mississippi everything all the land you got now in the west. From the Mississippi River all the way to the Pacific Ocean, that came from no Napoleon selling the damn land to the United States for five cents an acre, and so so that so now now black folk triggered that and started that, but but more importantly, not to, to make it work as slaves, but it was Napoleon, I mean uh, um, Tucson no, uh, Overture that caused that a black man that beat uh, that beat Tucson, I mean I mean beat Napoleon. He calls uh, calls France to lead, to lose the whole western part of the United States. Now, so now those blacks, Haitians, they had beat the hell out of British. They had beat the hell out of out of France. And here comes Spain. Spain was trying to hold part of it. That's why the other half of, of, of Haiti is 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 was dominated by who? By the Spaniards. And, and they got another name for that country. What do they call that down there? The other half over the mountain. And on the Haitian on the on Haiti Island, what is that called? You mean the Dominican Republic? That's right. See that 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 took that took on a Spanish on the Spanish name, 
and that's how that got separated because the Spain was also trying to fight and, and control Haiti. And then guess what? Na- Na- uh, Tucson beat the hell out of the Spanish then. So now he is beating, he's beat, he took, he took the little poor blacks down there and beat the hell out of three damn nations, three or three nations, and, 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 and scared the hell out of the Americans. Now here the Americans up here now on the East Coast got holding these blacks as slave enslavement from the East Coast uh, to, out, to, out to Mississippi. They got petrified to say this. These Negroes are going crazy down in Haiti. <laughs> Damn, say, say they, they whipping everybody's ass. Cause nobody, nobody had been able to beat those nations, but these poor blacks. These blacks beat, and, and when they, when they, and when they beat this, beat the Spanish ass, and the, and the Spanish said, "Well, can we keep this side up?" And they kept that side of the mountains. That's why Santa Domingo is there. And then, after, and then later on, they tried to work out a deal with Tucson Overture, saying, "You know, well, we'll." Uh, we, we, we'll we, we'll work with you. And uh, so as a matter of fact, said, why don't you come to come over to France? And uh, since, since, since we sold you all the land into America, come over there and we, let's set up some kind of agreement and understanding. And he played He fell for that game. Now, that's a dot. Now, that's a dot. He fell for that game and went over there. And guess what happened to him? Do you know what happened to you know what happened to uh, to Tucson over to him? Uh, he went over. Uh, you, I know he died in 1803, uh, eight years after. Because uh, you started early. Uh, the early you actually said 1995. I, I assume you meant 1795. And I know he died in 1803. I don't know specifically how he died. Did they? Yeah. Did they kill him? <laughs> yeah. They did the same thing to him. They did to the did to the blacks down in Florida with uh, which is Osceola. Osceola was a was a was a was a, um, a, a the chief for the uh, for the um, uh, damn, I can't remember names today. Uh, the uh, Cimarron Indians. They don't be called. Be called. See, Cimarron. The blacks. I mean, those Indians were called named after black after black folks. The word Cimarron meant runaway slaves. But he took over. He took over Florida. Osceola. I mean, Osceola. Uh, not Osceola. Yeah, Osceola. He was married to a black woman named Morning Dew. Morning Dew. And uh, and 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 he. But she, and he married he married a black woman who was morning due, and he had a son named named uh, uh, um, damn my mind just stopped thinking today. But anyway, he had a son, and but it, but but he was able to create the biggest war in American Florida then because Florida was owned by Spain, and all that land all that land from 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 Jacksonville, Florida, all the way to Texas was supposed to belong to black folk. The Catholic Church gave all that land to to, to black people. And ninety percent of the population in Florida at that time was blacks, and Andrew Jackson went in there and captured and, and killed, slaughtered blacks over in over in Fort Moultrie, then outside of Jacksonville, and Fort Negro over there off the Apalachicola River. Okay, hmm. now now stay with me now. I know I know I'm dragging this thing out, but now, but so uh so uh, so so the, the American people, the American colonies got got concerned and said that those people down in Haiti are some tough-ass people, and they say we, and they were scared to death that, they, that he was going to cause a riot or a race riot in America. And so, so they, 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 and they, sent, they sent a, a whole bunch of people down there to negotiate with them, and that's how Tucson Overture wound up going over to, over to Europe, and, and, they got, and they got him over there, a trap, and after they met with him and tried to come up with some agreements, then they didn't like the fact that he wanted to be an independent nation, and so what they did, they put him in prison. They put they put Tucson in the prison, and guess what? They put him in prison, 
and kept him in there until he starved to death and froze to death in prison. They didn't feed him and take care of him. Now, the reason I brought that point up, because that's the same thing that happened to Osceola in Florida. They, they, they got him, caught him, kidnapped his wife, Morning Dew, and put him in prison up in South Carolina. And then he starved to death and, and died from his exposure. So they used the same techniques on both of them to get rid of uh, Florida, because then, and then they took over Florida by sending Andrew Jackson down there to be the first president. Because he went down there and killed off most of, most of the other black freemen down there, flat black Indians, and uh, that and he had he went and he sent they kill all he, he killed uh, in Fort Negro down in the Apalachicola River. He, he sent the navy down there, and that was owned by blacks 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 owned whole north part of Florida, running all the way from Jacksonville to Texas, and that's I mean the whole southern part of Alabama, Georgia, and Mississippi and Louisiana used to belong to black folk. It was given to them by the by the, by the Spanish government. Now, so they got so now now they 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 sell it to sell them water. We don't want to we don't want to deal with these blacks, and especially in Haiti because they're violent people and they can and they can and they and they and they, and they can't beat them. And so what they did, they set up a moratorium that says this that now you can be an independent nation, but we're going to make sure that you don't that you get no help from the United States. Period. And so so business came in. And blacks over there tried to try to build an economy in Haiti to make it very competitive. And guess what? But they but they only put one bank there. That was called the National Bank of National City Bank of Detroit, of New York. That bank then it was the only place they had to deposit their money. And see the resources coming out of out of Haiti was a uh, would have made those a that a, a rich nation if they could practice if they could have practiced powernomics principles and 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 group economics. But, they, but what they did, they forced those, all those people just like they did in, in the United States and put all the money into the Freedman Banks. And they stole all the money out of the Freedman Banks in the United States. They did the same thing with the New York Bank, City Bank. And, and they put all their money in there. And, and then the whites stole something like about $37 million stolen out of there and stole it and, and, and out of New York. And, what, and, 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 guess, and that was money that Haiti had to have, to have built their industries. And, but but they didn't. But they was take, taken from them. Now here's what. See, Haiti has has the potential to build build major industries there. They had a they had they had indus, they had a good agricultural base with sugar. They could have made, they could have had a good base with gold. There was gold in Haiti, Doctor Watkins. There's gold in that land. They are not going to tell you this. Gold in Haiti and that and, and agricultural facts. They, they had some of the biggest sugar refineries and raising sugar sugar cane and stuff. Was in Haiti. Haiti was a major supplier of sugar at that time, and uh, so they, they so they t- dominated that. Whites from America set up businesses over in Haiti to start dominating the businesses. Yeah, and so they so, so the gold, the mining, uh, the silver, uh, all those things in Haiti, whites controlled it, and so those businesses in, in there. And they said, now nobody can come in there except except white businessmen. White businessmen in America is running Haiti. And they took all the resources out, and so and and so you said, well, why don't black, why didn't other blacks go down there and help them? They couldn't. They couldn't go down there, uh, Doctor Watkins, because of the Monroe Doctrine. You ever heard of the Monroe Doctrine? I've heard of it, um, but maybe you can refresh us on on what it means. Okay, exactly. but the Monroe Doctrine was set up again about eighteen twenty three, and what in eighteen twenty three, what what that was set up for is to make sure. That nobody else could come into the into that area to help black folk and help those black Haitians, 
because they said we don't want it. And so the, the Monroe doctor says basically, I might even basically that. Um, yeah, I think I had that on a note someplace that that no European nations can come into Haiti and and and, and set up any colonies or any business in Haiti without the United States approval. The United States is controlling through corporations and businesses controlling Haiti, and they don't and so they, and they don't want Haiti to be, to be econ, an economic power, and so that's so they keep them under control by letting the major white corporations run all the businesses there. And so, any so what I wanted blacks to do was to build build their own industries around it, like like looking in powernomics. In powernomics, I talked about building a leather business. Haiti would have been an excellent place for starting a leather business, and for having a sugarcane industry. They running that industry, the leather industry, the gas. They got a lot. They got gas in the ground there. They could you could build a, a major industry around gas in Haiti, and also they got gold there. But see, but now are the whites in America control it, and the Monroe doctor says you can't bring any more any more Europeans in there, and so what I'm telling you what white folks do is this: you get you get by that, and because the whites are scared of black, are scared of Haiti, and they're, they're still scared of Haiti, and so what they did they 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 let other countries come in here because when they when they when they came up the new immigration policies in 1924, and also in 1964. They changed it. They changed it from from skin color. They changed it to country of origin, so that now that whites can come in, come, can come into Haiti because because what people don't know in this country because they could keep getting confused by your elected officials. They call people of color, and ain't that ain't no people of color. Hispanics are whites passing as passing. They are whites. They've always been whites up until nineteen seventy. All Hispanics in the United States and the world were classified as whites. They're just white folks speaking Spanish. And so, so they can come in all they want to. They, they can come in illegal or legal and get into the country. But see, they even come in from Cuba. And, it's, and, and, and like the Mary Energy, when Castro cleaned out the prisons, he put it to clean out all the prisoners in, the, in Cuba and put them on boats and sent them to the United States. And the United States accepted them. And now they're talking about black folk. Well, you know, black folk got criminal. They got crime in, in Haiti. They use any excuse. And so now they won't accept them because of their skin color. But the real reason they don't want to accept them is because they got a lot of major resources down there that they're not going to let anybody else have access to except Americans. American businesses got to have access to all those resources. That's why in this country, whites only control 99% of all the resources. That's why in the land, this country, and the whites picked up almost uh, uh, three, uh, you, know, you know, since the slavery, they picked up almost two to three billion acres of free land. All the land from, from Maine all the way to San Diego is owned in the hands of whites. Blacks don't own anything more than a value over one half of 1%. You don't have any, you don't own and control anything. And, they know, and they're going to make sure that the Haitians don't own and control anything except those few industries. And black folk in this country, especially the Congressional Black Caucus, hasn't got enough damn sense to go out and try to figure out what the real issue is. They're going to go out there and raise cane, trying to raise emotional uh, tempers and that, rather than figuring out what the real problem is. The real problem is they've, that, that, that those Haitians have beat the hell out of three different countries and scared the hell out of the United States. And the United States is afraid of them. And don't want them to get, get into wealth and power and get access to those resources that are in the land in Haiti. 
That's why they want to have an earthquake and 115 of them are killed. And nobody goes down there and and and, uh, and and help them bury the people, give them any money for food. They're starving to death. And see, mm-hmm. but, they, and, but here's how you beat them now. Here's the conclusion how you beat them, because my time is up on this, asking you a question. It, here's what they do. The, and the Monroe Doctrine says no Europeans, nations, that means anything across the European. That means France, Germany, England, Spain, Portugal, Arabs, Russia, none of them. That's why when, when Russia tried to put up missiles in Cuba, United States and, and the Kennedys got upset. So we'll go to war before we let you put something into Cuba because you're violating the Monroe Doctrine. But you can beat them. Here's what, what I would tell those blacks. And I'm going to say this to you so you know up front who told you this before. I, I know some of those Sambos now in, in some of these organizations, particularly um, the Congressional Black Caucus, they'll say, well, we thought of it. You ain't thought of this. What you do is you go find other countries in the, in the, in the West that is not Europeans. You go to have, ask the black leadership, and I'll be asking them pretty soon now. As a matter of fact, they are meeting tonight right after this program. When I leave this program, I got to go on tonight with, with, uh, with our thing with the, rail, with the railroad, that, you know, the high-speed rail system. I'm gonna I'm, mm-hmm. I'm calling people from all the different African countries. Tell them you go down to Haiti and tell them to make a standard offer to 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 Japan, to China, and to South Korea. Then you can come into my country right now and we'll cut a deal with you on joint venture operations for building an infrastructure in Haiti mm-hmm. and building an infrastructure where we can have jobs, we can produce products and services and goods and process our own products. We can we can we can market our gas. We can market our own gold and silver. We can market our own uh, uh, sugar plants and other products coming out of vegetables coming out of this country. They can be a power source, but they, but they can't do it because of the Monroe Doctrine. But the Monroe Doctrine only applied to Europeans. If these blacks were smart enough and they can't depend on this Congressional Black Caucus to tell them a damn thing, tell them to go to go over to Japan, China, and South Korea. They got money. They can come in at any point. And, and and cut deals and, and make sure that black folk get opportunities in uh in and okay that's there's a picture right there. Uh yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I wanted to tell everybody, um I, I know Dr. Ensign, I know your wife said that uh you had an hour and uh and you can go when, when you have to go. Uh but but once you leave, I'm gonna stick around for one second for everybody that so we can talk about the Monroe Doctrine and specifically what it means. Uh, so we can kind of understand what's going on here. Uh, so, so Dr. M said, but please, you can t- go for as long as you want to. But I know your wife, I had mentioned that you yeah. have one hour. Uh, do you have to go? No, no, I'm going to stay on for at least another, t- about another 10 minutes. Yeah, I got another program. But please, I, I just want to make, make sure that, 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 that one of my heroes called Dr. Watkins fully understood what the real issue is and don't get caught up in this emotionalism about they picking old black folk, they riding black folk on horses. I just told you because black folk have whipped three three countries' asses. That's what that's one of the biggest reasons. And you got major resources there that the United States want to maintain control over. That's what they use the Monroe Doctrine for to keep Europeans out of there. But now, but I'm telling black folk there are three places you can go and get your money, get your resources, and build your countries and be competitive. Where you can start jobs and stop starving to death. And see, that's what power numbers is about. That's what power numbers is about all around the world. It's teaching black folk how to be a competitive group based on pooling your resources, pooling your money, your body, your votes, and learn how to play the game and win. That's the difference between me and all the rest of these black folk 
proclaim themselves to be leaders, and they all are doing is BGDS and black folk and playing games and trying to get black folks angry and upset by having a damn march, putting on the shoes like 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 Obama's home. Put on your marching shoes and start marching. That ain't got a damn thing that we're marching. And that's my major point now in explaining that. Hopefully I explain this whole thing to you so that you understand the whole continent of the United States, how it came about. Mm-hmm. Well, th- this really helps a lot, Dr. Anderson. And, um, and, uh, and, and in fact, everybody who's here, if you want to stay a couple minutes, I, I actually would like to point some things in Dr. Anderson's book, Black Labor, White Wealth, about the history of immigration policy that'll help you understand uh, how immigration policy is different for darker skinned people than other people. Also the Monroe doctrine, uh, which basically from what I understand was uh, Monroe basically saying to European countries that you cannot come into a certain radius of the United States. You can't come into Latin America and set up military bases and things like that. Uh, and, And so you're saying that effectively this is kind of frozen Haiti out where the United States won't help them. And European countries are maybe they exploit them, but yeah, yeah. See, they can't come in and help them. So nobody, so nobody can help. Nobody's permitted to help to help Haiti. That's why Haiti has been suffering all those years. Haiti, Haiti has paid a heavy, horrendous price for being an ass kicker in the world. Hmm. They, they, they're a poor country that had, and, and they've been discriminated against. Discrimination is not even the right word. That they've been shut out intentionally to make sure they remain a poor, helpless, abandoned country because those countries resented the fact, here's the major point, that those countries and America resented the fact that Haiti, symbolically, Dr. Watkins, represents the only, the only country in the history of the world and around the world that has ever defeated white colonists and white colonial systems and shook and beat the hell out of them. That's what it is. That's the only country that ever done it. That could be, they're scared they would become a model for the rest of these black countries all over Africa. You got all these countries in Africa that are now still being colonized and misused and abused and being deprived of their resources. If you're over to Kanye, they're taking all the tea out of there. Another place, they're taking all the hardwood out of Cameroon. They're taking all the go- uh, best oil out of, out, of, uh, out, of all, out of the country. They got everything, and 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 the Chinese, everybody, everybody's stealing and raping, raping Africa right now, same as they're doing Haiti. You're raping them and depriving them of the resources. That's why blacks don't control any resources in Africa. That's why they won't let blacks control the resources in Haiti. That's the issue. Now, what is the Congressional Black Caucus doing? What have they ever done? What do they intend to do? What did Obama do when he was up there for eight years, eight years in in a, in, a, in a White House? Why didn't he speak up about some of these issues? Mm. Well, there you go. There you go. There, I, I think I think we know the answer to those questions. And uh, <laughs> and and I, and I want to say um, on behalf of everybody listening, I hope everybody will join in and uh, and thank Dr. Anderson for this great knowledge. Um, and some of you, uh, if first of all, hit the thumbs up button. Everybody who's watching, please hit the thumbs up button because that helps the algorithm. That gets the message to more people. Y'all know mainstream media is not gonna present Dr. Anderson's ideas, but we are building mainstream media. We have a million subscribers across different platforms and uh, and we're reaching as many people as possible. So we need your help. Uh, take one second, hit the thumbs up button, share the video, <clears throat> get the message out. Second of all, some of you are asking, how can you help Haiti? Well, we went out and we, we were looking for a charity uh, that was actually going to get to the people in Haiti. Uh, ATL for Haiti.com 
is uh is it comes highly recommended that's a great place for you to place your donations also uh dr anderson has books at powernomics.com uh the holidays are coming up uh please consider getting dr anderson's books as gifts to the people that you love uh they make excellent gifts uh that you can give away and so um uh, Dr. Anderson, I just want to say thanks for breaking this down uh, for us. Uh, this is really helpful. Um, I, I think that a lot of us you see what's going on. Not everybody understands exactly why. And I think that now that we understand why, we can do something about it. So thank you. Right. And see, and, that, and that's it's the immigration laws. That's why in 1924, they said, and uh, when, when when the rest of these countries start pouring people in here and giving them freedom and rights and opportunities like they do with Afghanistan, and black folks said, when are we going to get those rights during, during Jim Crow segregation? They said, because you got black blood in you. And they, so they passed a law in 1924 saying one drop of black blood makes you black. And, if, and, and, that, and that signified potency. That's power. If one drop of black blood would make you black and all the other blood in your body can't make you white, that means that black blood is more powerful than the, all the white blood you can get your hands on. You understand that point for me? Mm-hmm. And that's what they're saying, these Haitians. These Haitians are ass kickers. And now they're, gonna, they're, gonna never, they're never going to forget that. And that's why, because they're the only ones that ever broke free. See, even here in, in America, black folk didn't break free from, it, from all this stuff they've been putting on them for 465 years. But, but, and see, Haiti broke free. So now let, let's see what our people can do. Now they can, they, they can right now say, we're going to help Haiti and I just told you how to do it. Go around Europe. Don't, west, don't mess with any Europeans. Go around it and go to the Far East and go to China, Japan, and uh, South Korea. They got the money and the resources and, let, and, and cut deals with them. And you tell them to come see me. I'll be, I'll, I'll go on in. For, and, and that's what I, when I was with the President Carter, and I was, I was over economic development for governors, and, uh, and I chaired their meetings for East for governors. And see that, and that's why I took trade missions in the countries around the world, into Venezuela, into Colombia, and into Germany, England, France, and and Africa. I went down. I was in Cuba speaking and stuff. I, I played that game with them. I'm telling you that I'm telling you how to beat it. And I don't usually tell people like I got so many damn claim jumpers. Anytime I say anything, these Negroes run and try to put their name on it and brand it. That's one of my ideas. I said, you can tell, should tell a per- person the direction to the damn bathroom. How in the hell are you going to come up with an idea, a, a creative idea in your head, a b- ring around like a damn marble in a bucket? And uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just, I don't mean to say that, but, but, that's, but, that, but that's the long and short. So that, that's a broader context. And it was the same thing that happened in this country. It, it, it's, it's the same techniques they use in this country on, on, on the, um, on the Indians and they, they use it on blacks in this country. They use it. They use it on Haiti, and that's why right now in this country, blacks can't get anything. They won't let them own any resources. That's why right now, with uh, with uh, uh, the blacks now are trying to build that the high speed bullet train, and they're saying for the first time that the country is going to pick up three trillion dollars, and for infrastructural improvement in America, now black folk have never never been invited. I had an opportunity to own some railroads in America. This country gave all the money to 11 major rich white men in America back in the 1840s and 1850s to build the railroads. They gave them $25 million and gave them, gave them again, two 
million acres of free land, six miles of free land on either side of the railroad tracks, anywhere they want to build across this country. Now you got a black person and a black company down in down in and down in Alabama that wants to build a high speed rail system because this country doesn't have one. And it's going right and it can be built very easily by going from the east coast to the west coast, going right through the southern black old cotton belt. They do not want to again. I'm telling you the same thing like in Haiti. They do not want to create circumstances in, in the South, in the cotton belt, the old black cotton belt. Those blacks down there, Dr. Watson's got over 4, billion, 4 million acres of land, farmland, down in the South, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and South Carolina. And nobody going in and say, well, Dr. Anderson, why doesn't Biden administration recommend and, and put some of that money into, this, into that high-speed rail system for blacks, for a black company? And then going through the South for pick, help those people so they can raise, they can put their, bring their, uh, their farms to yield. They can raise t- 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 mushrooms and t- cabbage and sweet potatoes. And, and even a black man made a 250 products out of, a, out of a peanut and a sweet potato. But they won't let these, won't they let those blacks build in the industries in the South, the same damn thing they're doing in Haiti. I said, damn. You know, and I said, I, 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 something I hate being black. I hate, hate it, Dr. Watkins. I take comfort out of just trying to help them. Got all these damn people walking around talking about they're black and proud. I said, you're black and proud, and I'm red and scared. You know, that's damn, but do something about it, help black folk. And I said, now, and build it. If you build that damn railroad cross there and help black folk raise the capital, we got enough capital. Every black person put in put in so much money, and he's got enough rich blacks in the capital, and they can, they can put down the money right now and those, and they could get money from the government by if they meet the, the, the deposit. They got to have about five or ten million dollars. Once they got that, they can demand about another five to twenty-five million dollars from the federal government to finish building, building that railroad all the way from South Carolina all the way almost to Los Angeles, where black folk can have jobs, not in, and own, and in and those major cities in in Georgia, Alabama, and Atlanta, and, and Birmingham. In, uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, in Shreveport, Louisiana, and in Dallas, Texas, blacks going to put up hotels and restaurants and cab systems and bus systems and, and all kind of confession stands to ride that railroad all the way across the United States. And that, and that, and that railroad will take them across, take them across the United States in two and a half to three hours. And they're right now, and Obama and, and, and if Biden group and all those, those flunky blacks around him won't even call those blacks in, in, in Alabama back. They've been working on this for 10 years. And now, now they got, they're putting in $81 billion into building infrastructure for highways and for railroads, rather. And guess what? They won't, they won't even return their calls because those, that, oh, they think those blacks will get some of the money when all the previous money went to the Astors and to the Morgans and to the Rockefellers. They built all the damn railroads. And I said, now here's Biden's got, who, who got put in the office with him and Harris by black people. You got the same identical crap going on in America right now. You got going on down in Haiti. I just went through all that stuff with you. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and one of them came, they can't connect the damn dots between doing stuff for blacks in America to build some infrastructure. They're doing something to help them down in Haiti. I am sick of them. Mm. I'm 80 I'm, I'm some years of age. I'm tired of it. I'm doing it all my damn life. Say, wake up and smell the damn coffee. I don't want to see you on, you on TV talking about we they don't get stuff because of our black skin. They don't give a damn about your black skin. It's money that makes a difference. It's what you own and control that makes a difference. 
quit telling blacks about civil rights, civil rights and social unrest ain't worth a quarter. Well, with Dr. Mm-hmm. we voted. Voting ain't worth a quarter unless you got an economy behind it. The same rule that applied when you were a little boy. He who has a goal rules. White mm-hmm. folks now got the average white person in America right now got 3,500 times more, more money than the average black in America. Mm-hmm. The same thing in Haiti. Those poor ass blacks in Haiti can't, get, can't do anything because nobody, everybody got them trapped and, and boxed off, mistreat them, and then when they want them. William going in, they have a disease, no food, have earthquakes, tears up the building, they're sleeping in tents. Look at the way they're treated right now under a bridge. They didn't treat the Haitians like that. They just bought in 150, almost 150,000 Afghanistans and put them on welfare. Down in those blacks don't even have a damn thing to eat down in Texas right now. Mm. Well, you know uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll quit now. I'm, 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 no, I, I, I'm, I'm listening. I think everybody's listening. And uh, oh, okay, here's everybody, the wife. My uh, wife is pointing at the clock. Say, so okay, it looks like it's time for you to. So, Dr. Anderson, uh, I, I am as a fellow married man. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to make you go listen to your wife. So I'm going to boot you out of <laughs> here right now because I understand we 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 are both smart men who listen to our wives. So so, Dr. Anderson, thank you so much, everybody. Thank Dr. Anderson for his time. And uh, God bless you. And I'm going to call you. Uh, 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 you can come back anytime you want, buddy. Okay. You're right. And see, I got to go on this other program tonight, you know, about I got, I'm, I'm trying to contact uh, representatives from all the black African countries, including I'm going to, I'm going to be trying to pull in Haiti now and uh, Jamaica and Bermuda, Barbados. I'm going to bring in those and try to figure out mm-hmm. how to get representatives. And we're going to build a railroad system that's going to haul all those products, those raw materials that blacks are processing in the South bring them to the marketplace and so they can take food and ship food and graze food and help and get it into Africa and, and get it into a, into a, to the Caribbeans. We're going to have our own damn economy. And, and that, and, and that money now is, is going through that, uh, just like the money I told they took the money they took out of Haiti, that it, the New York city bank, they, they, they never returned that money. And the Freedman bank, they, they took out $57 million, stole it. The administrators, Stolen. That, that was money from the from the slaves who put the money in the bank, and also the pay from all those soldiers who fought in the Civil War. And the whites stole every penny. And you haven't. I told the Congressional Black Caucus, why don't you hold us hold a damn hearing and demand that the government reimburse these blacks for all this money to keep stealing from them? I am tired. I am. Remember, I told the other day, pissed to the highest level of pissivity. I'm sitting there. I'm locked in that. Okay. <laughs> Well, 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 thank you for being pissed, uh, pissed uh, on our behalf, Dr. Anderson. We appreciate you, and we love you. And uh, and, and everybody, uh, uh, say uh, thank Dr. Anderson, please, and hit the thumbs up button on your way out. His website is powernomics.com. Please go there and take a look at his books. And I'm kicking Dr. Anderson out of here right now because your wife is waiting. So That's it's right. time for you to go. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll call you. you soon. I love you. And I hope, I hope what I uh, said made some sense to you. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So thank you okay. very much, Dr. Anderson. Okay, All right. All right. okay, thank you now. Thank you. All right, so uh, so everybody, um, also uh, uh, do me a favor, whatever platform you're on, uh, please subscribe right now. Some of you are watching from Your Black World News. Uh, our goal is to get information to you that's not going to be in mainstream media, so we really need your help on the distribution to make sure that we reach as many of our people as possible. So if you could do that for us, that would really mean a lot. 
Uh, last but not least, uh, if you happen to live in Baltimore, I'll be in Baltimore this weekend giving a speech on the black business mentality. Uh, we're going to break that down. So you can go to drboycebaltimore.com if you'd like to learn more about that. And of course, you all know Dr. Anderson will be joining us along with a lot of other great people uh, down the list uh, from um, Riza Islam to Nuri Muhammad, uh, King Randall, uh, um, uh, all kinds of great black people. I, I can't even, the list is so long. Dr. Charm and, and a lot of great people, Vicki Dillard, et cetera, at the All Black National Convention. This is our brain trust. This is where we're going to get together and talk about solutions uh, that can be implemented. Uh, everything from black survivalism to forming healthy relationships to dealing with politics to everything from investing in cryptocurrency, et cetera. Uh, our goal is to create the greatest brain trust in the history of this country uh, that will be designed solely and specifically for the purpose of solving problems for our people. So if you'd like to join us at the convention, it's in Orlando, October 29th through November 1st. You can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. The URL's on the screen. We have spaces for vendors. If you have a Black-owned business and you'd like to uh, present your business to others, uh, we have vendor slots. Uh, very few. We're almost out. Uh, we all, If you would like to be a sponsor, we will market you. We will tell We will on our whole platform tell everybody about your business we have sponsorship spots and uh and i'm presenting this to you because this is something that we we are insistent upon doing this within the community and it is 100 black owned and i can't even begin to name all the people that are going to be there uh the the list the list is pretty long but one of the things i also want to mention too is i encourage you to go, do some google searching and look up the monroe doctrine the monroe doctrine is uh, what Dr. Anderson was referring to, which is what he says is the reason why uh, it's very difficult to help Haiti. Now, the, the key points behind the Monroe Doctrine, uh, from what I understand, I'm not an expert on it, but basically, if you look it up, the key ideas behind the Monroe Doctrine are uh, focused around uh, these, these ideas. One, the United States would not get involved with European affairs. Two, the United States will not interfere with existing European colonies in the Western Hemisphere. Three, no other nation could form a new colony in the Western Hemisphere. And then there's there's more stuff there. So I, I think that what Dr. Anderson was saying is that because of the Monroe Doctrine, uh, uh, Haiti's been basically starved out, that there isn't any sort of uh, support for Haiti coming from the United States. There's exploitation. You saw what the Clintons did and things like that, but there's not a lot of support. Also, European countries aren't really helping Haiti because they're very, you know, there's, there's still a, a problem with the fact that Haiti fought back against European uh, colonizers and actually won, right? So that kind of explains sort of the history there. And what he's also saying is that there are resources in Haiti. There's a lot of wealth in Haiti. And it's very important that that wealth get into the control, into the hands of the Haitian people. So let me give you guys the charity again, uh, atlforhaiti.com. I'm not giving to the Red Cross. I'm not giving to any of these organizations because I don't trust them. Uh, but atlforhaiti.com comes highly recommended. That is a place where you can make a donation. And uh, also, uh, last but not least, uh, I want to say thank you. Speaking of donations, thank you very much, Black Mama, for your de donation, uh, your financial support. I appreciate you uh, so much. And uh, again, if you want to come to the convention where we're going to resolve, solve a lot of these problems, we're going to work on these problems. We're not going to solve every problem you know, in history, but we are going to uh, basically sit together as a brain trust and really try to solve problems. So the people we brought together are some of those black experts that you want, aren't going to see on TV because white people, they put ignorant black people on TV. They don't put intelligent black people on TV, but we are the platform for intelligent black people that want something better for the community. So here you have, uh, this is my, my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins, who's a licensed therapist and a full professor of social work, one of the leading scholars in the world in her field. 
Dr. Adrian Carter, who's an expert on relationships, how black folks can learn to love each other. Madam President, who's uh, her area is, is education. King Randall is a 21-year-old brother who started a school down in Georgia. He got it done. He didn't talk about starting the school. He started the school. Constance Carter owns the largest black real estate firm in the state of California. She's a real estate expert. She could get you started on real estate acquisition, accomplishing the goal. Akila Nihanda, who I think is going to be one of the most uh, one of the most celebrated hip hop artists in the world within the next year or two. You've seen her on Instagram. She's her, her following is growing very rapidly, and she's extremely intelligent. Jeff Lightsey Jr., who uh, is is deep into sports, is the black male athlete. He represents the Young Brothers. Jay Morrison, who raised millions of dollars with the Tulsa Fund, they, uh, made history with that. Uh, Jade Arendelle, Tierra K.J. Williams, Miss Black Hollywood. Mary Dean, who's an attorney at law, Miss uh, the, the Black Wall Street attorney. Tina Berry from Fly Nubian Queen. Dr. Charm Timms, who's an expert on health and relationships. Queen Afua. Y'all know Queen Afua. Queen Afua is, uh, is, is a health expert that can help us to live longer and make better decisions when it comes to what we eat. The, uh, Nathaniel Jordan, the Minister of Wellness. My brother, Lawrence Watkins, a Cornell University graduate. Julian Gordon, who's an expert in real estate acquisition, who is right now at this moment in uh, Louisiana buying millions of dollars in property that will be controlled by our people. My sister, Dr. Latanja Watkins, who is a pathologist, a licensed physician. Uh, Teddy Ewing, one of the great cryptocurrency experts in the world. Dr. Cleo Monago, who's extraordinarily intelligent on relationships. Vicki Dillard, brother Nuri Muhammad, one of the baddest brothers I've ever seen. Vicki Dillard, y'all know Vicki Dillard. She needs no introduction. Riza Islam, one of the great young leaders of our time. Lene Javette, a business expert. And that's not even the beginning. That's not even half of the people that are coming to this convention. So we have really gone outsized on this. Uh, we have found the, 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 the venue is luxurious. You're going to feel it's first class. This is not uh, second rate on any level because we don't believe black people deserve second rate service. We believe that you deserve uh, the best of luxury and the best of everything. So the place that we selected is the Omni Hotel that has nine restaurants. It's a beautiful, beautiful venue, as you can see right here. And uh, it's very family friendly. And we're going to do everything. We're not just going to uh, study and learn and everything else, but we're also going to have fun. So we're doing speed dating. Uh, they're having we have the B1 ball. We're doing an award show. Uh, we're just really trying to do it big. And uh, and we are overly committed to building what our people need. We can't do it all by ourselves, uh, but we're going to do our part. And uh, we also want to train you to be able to do your part so that all of us can grow as time goes on, okay? Thank you for hearing my pitch. I appreciate y'all letting me get that out. Uh, I'd love for you to join us, bring your family, bring your kids, bring your baby mama, bring your church group, bring your investment club. This is meant for the whole family. We have a whole educational track, a three-day educational track for children. There's a guy named uh, Freddie, Freddie Ra, I think this is his last name. This brother um, is a millionaire. Uh, and he he has these uh, flashcards, Black History flashcards, and uh, he has partnered with another brother who created a Black Wall Street game, and they're li they've literally got a whole curriculum laid out for children, so you can even bring your children and put them with uh, with with our team, and they will work and transform your children when they leave. So by the time you leave the convention, you will be transformed. We do have a digital option. We hope that you'll fly in because being there is what will allow you to really connect. And I guarantee you, when you walk away. You will be different people. I promise you that. So feel free to go to All Black National Convention if you want to take a look. Uh, if you have any questions about being a vendor or a sponsor or anything like that, those options are available. I hope some of y'all that got it like that 
will step up to the plate and help us get pay for this thing because it ain't cheap. But we're going to get it done and it's going to be great. And we are going to solve problems. And every single issue that we have discussed this year as a community is going to be on the table and the experts are going to lay it down. So uh, God bless everybody. Thank you for listening. Please hit the thumbs up button on your way out. Subscribe to the platform that you're on and please share this video. And I'll be I'll follow back up with you in terms of what's going on with, with the Haitian situation as well. So take care, everybody. Have a good day. See you soon. Peace.